Welcome to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham, a podcast dedicated to established business leaders like you, ready to bring more meaning into your life in a way that strengthens rather than threatens the financial stability of your business. I'm your host, Bessie Graham. I've worked with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies like the United Nations for over 20 years to bring doing good and making money back together. So let's unpack why you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life. In the podcast today, we are focusing on an incredibly important message that I wish all business leaders would come to really comprehend in a powerful way. And that is that doing good is actually the competitive edge your business has been missing. The reason why I think this is such an important topic for us to explore and to sit with quite a bit is that for far too long we have had this really warped view of what the role of business is. We have had this notion of business being about profit maximization, about focusing solely on the shareholder and making all other things an externality making them things that we don't really have to take into consideration, we don't have to take responsibility for, and we can push off to be someone else's problem down the track. We are very much in a position now where that is no longer an option as a business leader. It is not simply about saying we all need to be motivated by the exact same things. It's not saying that every single business leader is now going to suddenly be an environmentalist or driven by a sense of the meaning and purpose of uh, a bigger vision for what you want to be part of in the world. I'm not that naive. But my argument is that regardless of where you currently are sitting in terms of your personal motivations, Beginning to think about this idea of doing good being a competitive edge for your business is one worth considering. And today I'm going to talk you through a number of reasons why I think that and give you some examples around the way in which business can actually be that competitive edge if it has this approach of doing good And doing good being something that's inside the business. Doing good being revolving around your core business, not simply through saying, oh, we need to start ticking some boxes and making donations or having a particular department that is starting to consider these ideas. That's not what I'm talking about. The competitive edge comes when you are able to bring doing good back inside the business. When you can unify your business strategy and the contribution aspects 
that align with your core values and with what it is you want to be part of contributing to in the world. This is all possible and it is something that I want you to begin to at least explore. Look at this episode as being an attempt to plant some seeds, to make some suggestions that you may not necessarily agree with straight away or that may not land for you immediately, but I want you to just sit with it. And in all of the conversations we have, know that I am pragmatic, that I understand as a business leader myself, the practicalities, the pressure, the constraints that you are under. And so I am not suggesting that you go from zero to a hundred in one hit. I want you to just consider these things and to begin to think about what I am suggesting and what it might look like in your particular business. So one of the shifts that we are seeing when we think about the growing conversations around things like impact or ESG in terms of the environmental, social and governance aspects of business, which you will no doubt have heard becoming more and more of a topic of conversation in the business world. What is actually happening there is a shift away from this one-dimensional approach to business, so that piece I mentioned before, of seeing businesses role as just being about profit maximization. The shift we're seeing now is to realizing and accepting that there is not a one-dimensional aspect to business, but in fact, there is complexity. There are multiple dimensions that will play into whether or not your business is successful. And so when we think about that, some of the aspects that we need to be taking into consideration in this multiple dimensions are things like the business environment that you operate in, the competitive landscape, some of those aspects around regulation and compliance that are becoming demands on you as a business leader from the outside in. Then there are the critical and very loud growing voices of both customers and employees and their demands and expectations of us as business leaders, which are rapidly changing. So when we start to take on board and be honest about how many different things we have to take into account, it is now naive to think that you can continue to operate as a business leader in that one-dimensional role of focusing purely on profit maximization or focusing solely on the interests of the shareholders. That is not an option moving forward. And so when we look at something like ESG, it is broadening these angles. So we take into consideration these broader senses of of stakeholders. So as as I said, we're not just looking at profit maximization or seeing shareholders as being the only interests that we consider. On the environmental side, we're looking at from a both positive and negative sense, how are your actions, your decisions and your practices as a business having an impact environmentally. When we shift into the social space, we're looking at that broader sense of stakeholders that I mentioned. 
So there's this relational web, if you like, that includes now our customers, our employees, our suppliers and the community. And from a governance perspective, we're moving beyond this ticker box exercise and we're tapping into how governance done well, governance that embraces genuine diversity. And when I say that, I mean diversity of thought, experience, background, and orientation. When we have this broad sense of diversity within our governance structures, we actually de-risk our business. And importantly, we also open up the opportunities for innovation. And that is through governance now having this broad sense of different perspectives, different ways of looking at a problem or opportunity. And so it has this beautiful mix of both de-risking the business because of the way we now can anticipate and run scenarios and, and think strategically, and also opening up the innovation within the organisation. So these triggers or changes that we're seeing, they're coming in a range of different ways. Three of the ways that I'm seeing this shift happen for business leaders. Firstly, one of the triggers can be a personal one. So I am engaging with a whole bunch of leaders around the world who are finding themselves at this crossroads where they are asking the questions around, is this actually all there is? They are already successful. They are running an established business that is doing well. And while they may have the financial freedom in place, what they are not feeling is that sense of fulfillment or purpose. And so these questions around looking at business in a more holistic way and starting to integrate some more of what they actually care about and who they are as a person into their business is a shift that many business leaders around the world are having. One of the other triggers that is occurring in the massive area of family businesses is that there are new questions. There are these ideas being raised with alternative ways of both operating, thinking, or concerns about the current way that a business is being operated. So these, whether it's multi-generational, sometimes it's a different generation asking different questions, and sometimes it's just individuals within the family that are now starting to reflect and think differently. And so the questions they are raising or the things they are now realizing they're uncomfortable with are being pushed to the surface. The third pattern or trigger that I'm seeing that is shifting the way people are engaging with this idea of doing good, being a competitive edge, is that there are external pressures driving it. And with this category, we have both the aspects of uh, customer demands and expectations. The, the shift that's occurring there is also tapping into employees. So potential employees are asking different questions and expecting us to have answers. Current employees are wanting to feel that pride in association with the organisation they work with. And they not only want you to be able to answer these questions, but customers and employees want you to be able to back it up with examples. 
So you need to not just have a great answer that looks good on the surface. You need to demonstrate in practice what does this look like in your organization. That shift is a big driver. And the other external driver that we are seeing more and more as business leaders is around the areas of compliance and regulation. So whether it's around things like as basic as your insurance and risk assessments or whether it is about the external questions being asked when you're trying to take on investment, there is a new scrutiny. There are new questions and expectations that are coming at us externally as business leaders. So they are three of the triggers or the prompts that are making some of these shifts occur. My approach and advice to business leaders engaging with this is to see this as a way to bring contribution and the notion of doing good, which for too long, as I said, has been seen as that external aspect or something that is outside your business. The encouragement that I want to give you is that when you bring that back inside the business, not as the ticker box exercise, not being about setting up this separate department, but um, shifting instead to using this opportunity to drill in and to find clarity in three steps. So let me talk you through the three steps that I work with business leaders on and that I think are the best way for you to really embed this change in the way you think or the mindset and to then set yourself up for doing good to be the competitive edge that you've been missing currently in your business. So the three steps or the process, if you like, that I I encourage you to walk through. The first is to get really clear on what is most important to you as a business leader. So what are the values? How do you behave? What's the culture you're creating? And what do you want to be part of contributing to? These aspects, which if you're the business owner, can be quite personal to you as an individual. If you're a family that owns the business, then it's more as as a collective thinking about and having these conversations together and saying, what do we value? What are our values? How do we actually want that to play out in the way we show up in the world? If you're a business leader, then this piece is around looking at the business itself and asking these questions around what are the values of the business? What is the culture we are creating? How do we behave here? And what do we want to be part of contributing to? So the first piece is really that internal component of the drivers, the things that are foundational, and that if we can get clarity on those, they provide us with this beautiful filter to make decisions and to prioritize what we're doing. The second step is to say, when you look at your current core business, so not nice little things on the side that you currently see as your attempt to do good or contribute, but I want you to look at your core business. So second step, when you look at your current core business, where do you spend the most money? Where do you have decision-making rights or at least some influence? These two questions related to your core business and the identification of where those pieces sit 
is a critical second step. The third step that you then move to once you have clarity in those first two areas is to bring it all together. And what I mean by that is to say, based on your values and your commitments around where are there opportunities to align your business strategy to what you care about, we want to start to spot those patterns. So we now have clarity of what we care about, what our values are, what we want to be part of contributing to. We now have got very clear on where are we spending the most money? Where are we making decisions and having influence and and control over how things play out? When we bring it all together, we want to find where that overlap is. And we want to see where are there places where we could actually align that business strategy to what we care about. The second part of bringing it all together is to say, where is there a natural place to start? when we're bringing doing good back inside the business. Because we don't want to jump into, when we think about that aspect of where do we have decision-making rights or at least influence, we don't want to start with this notion of what we're going to shift or change that is so far outside of our control or influence that we're going to end up getting demoralized pretty quickly and stop. So I want you, as you bring it all together, to identify those areas where they might be a natural place to start. And then we need to move into thinking about what would the best sequence be so that you are realistic as you map out your plan that allows you to really create that win-win of doing good and making money. Because I want your mapped out approach to not only be something that reflects your values and your priorities, but also to unapologetically be designing a business model that brings doing good and making money back together. We don't need you to suddenly flip into feeling bad about needing to make money and purely focus on how do I do good. This approach to thinking and my call to you to say that as a business leader, it is your job to think to be multiple steps ahead of other people. As you think more effectively, you start to find these opportunities to create that win-win and to continue to work on and design your business model until you find this match. So if we take that time to get to the meaningful clarity and insight, if we're then pragmatic, not a purist, And if we map out a plan using horizons to stress test viability and feasibility, we actually then have an incredibly powerful sort of platform or starting point for our business to make this shift to bring doing good back inside and for that to not simply be a feel-good factor, but for it to actually provide that competitive edge that you have currently been missing. So I want to talk you through five key areas where I would say that doing good gives you that competitive edge. The first is on a personal level, and that is simply to say that when you do this, it gives you a sense of purpose and meaning that will sustain you. Because let's be honest, the journey as a business leader is a long one. It can be exhausting and very demanding. 
And many of the business leaders that I'm engaging with have really, as I said earlier, reached that crossroads where they are questioning now whether this is it. When you do this work, you will have that sense of purpose and meaning, which will sustain you moving forward because suddenly you don't just have the financial freedom in place because you're running a successful business. You have that, but you now also have this fulfillment in terms of that sense of satisfaction and contribution. The second aspect is that we have the opportunity to create a better culture for employees. And this does two things. It reduces costs and it increases our revenue. In some of my previous podcasts, I've gone into this in more detail when talking about a team focus. And in future episodes, I'm going to be giving some very specific examples and talking to different business leaders who do this really well. But for now, let's just focus on the fact that when we create this better culture for our employees, when we think about doing good related to the experience of our employees, there are significant cost reductions in the back end of our business model and there are increases in our revenue in the front end of our business model. The third aspect where we have this competitive edge is around brand and customer loyalty. I've spoken a bit today around these shifts that are occurring with customers and their expectations, their demands, the questions they ask, and the desire for there to actually be transparency and evidence to back up your statements. So as we create a trusted brand, as we demonstrate that we are doing this work well and proactively, there is a stickiness with customers. There is a loyalty to our brand, which is an incredible thing to have as a business leader. The fourth area where this competitive edge kicks in is around innovation and the ability to think differently. I mentioned this previously around some of the aspects within the governance structure and good governance bringing in this idea of innovation. But if we just come right back to this shift that I'm asking you to make around seeing good as being something that can happen inside your business as a result of the core business activities, the the requirements of you to shift your thinking, to shift your perspectives, to not be intellectually lazy, but instead to continue to design your business model until you land on this win-win where you have incentivized the right behaviors, where you have found a way to integrate your business strategy and what you care about and what you want to contribute to in the world. When you do that, the innovation is extraordinary. The opportunities that open up, the perspectives and the ideas that come from forcing yourself to think like this give you such an edge that I I can't even overestimate. Um, or overemphasize what that is going to be in your business. And the, the fifth aspect that I want to highlight for you today around this competitive edge is that if you take this approach proactively now, it makes regulation, the external requirements that are needing to happen, you will address those in a way that is commercially viable. And you will have the opportunity to address them and be on the front foot, to not be waiting and being reactive and having to act really quickly when external demands come at you. 
Because if you wait until you are forced to do these things, it is going to cost you more. It is going to put you in a far riskier position as an organization. And it is going to mean you won't have the opportunity to test and try things carefully beforehand. You're going to just have to jump in and make massive change. So by taking this approach now, doing good will give you a competitive edge around some of those external factors of compliance and regulation because you will have the opportunity to, over an horizoned approach, step through what changes are needed, test what works, and continue to tweak your business model, allowing for the need to respect and honour both the financial stability of the organisation and the need for it to be addressing some of these issues around taking responsibility for the impacts you're having in the world. One of the other aspects that I just want to, to touch on is around some more of these trends of what we're seeing that make me feel as a business leader that this is not just a nice to have, but it is really moving into that category as an essential aspect for business leaders to be thinking about. So we are making this shift from doing good inside your business being that nice to have piece or the disconnected department to it being a foundational consideration at all levels, whether that's from the conversations employees are having through to the boardroom or an investment committee. We are also seeing a trend around new and rapidly scaling businesses are embedding these principles right from the start. I am seeing these shifts happen more and more in the work that I'm doing around straight commercialization and and the aspects of that shift for businesses where a few years ago in the straight commercial space, once or twice a year I was seeing engagement around some of these aspects around ESG or thinking about the the social and environmental ramifications of, the, of a business's work. Now in that commercial space, the straight commercial space, I'm not talking about organisations that consider themselves an impact investment or a social enterprise. In straight commercialization space, there are at least a third of the, the organisations that I'm seeing that are in that new or rapidly growing and scaling businesses that have embedded these principles into the way they're doing business. And so if you as an established business leader are not doing this, you are behind. If we look at something like the business roundtable, the statement on the purpose of the corporation, which first came out in 2019, and then there was a revised re- revised vision that came out in October uh, 2022 that had more signatories. Really, that spoke about many of these aspects around business's vital role in the economy. And what it identified was that while each business has its own purpose, there are these shared fundamental commitments that are shifting from a shareholder-only focus to this broader notion of multiple stakeholders. And the businesses that are signed up for this are not small and insignificant businesses. We're talking massive organisations established businesses where their leadership, their boards, their investors have realised that broadening out who you take into consideration 
is not simply just being a nice person. It is good business. Because unless we are considering the impact and flow on effects of our work to this broader group of stakeholders, we are not going to be identifying preemptively risks that are coming our way. We are going to miss opportunities. And we can't afford to do that as business leaders. So the shift that was identified in the statement on the purpose of the corporation was away from the shareholder being the only person to be considered and instead looking at five areas, the customer, employees, suppliers, communities, and the shareholder. So you can relax. The shareholder is still considered there. Profit is still important in every business, so you don't need to apologize for that. But the broadening of those stakeholders and starting to take them into consideration is critical. So as change and demand speed up, we have to have the ability to filter and assess our decisions as business leaders. And my argument as we sort of bring this all home is that without clarity on your values, on what you care about, without understanding the business and the competitive landscape that you're operating in, and without having that solid grasp of the foundational, fundamental drivers in your business model, you are going to struggle to make decisions with the speed required without making big mistakes and losses. So I want you to get ahead of the curve. I want you to jump on this now and to start to think about the practicalities in your business. There are some of the downsides, okay? But if we go to the flip side, by doing this thinking now and by drilling to clarity, you can position yourself powerfully and authentically with those five stakeholder groups that we discussed, the customer, your employees, your suppliers, the community, and your shareholders. And so as we wrap up today, I just want to leave you with a few takeaways. The first is that I want to remind you that you need to ask yourself which approach to doing good inside your business is the most logical place to start. I always share three key ways. There's a lot of ways you can do it, but just to get you started, your thinking started, you might want to take a customer focus to doing good. You may want to take a team focus to doing good, or you may want to take a production focus. And you can listen to previous episodes of the podcast, or as I said, there are some new podcast episodes coming out that are going to go into this in even more detail. But sit with that idea first of of what is that natural place for you to start to bring doing good back inside the business. The second piece I want to leave you with is that you need to identify the areas where taking this approach is going to help you spot both risk and opportunity. Because if you remind yourself of that driver, you will begin to see this is actually something you need to do now. Again, it will help you shift from this being a nice to have to being foundational. And the third piece I want to leave you with is that I want you to see this as a long game that is aligned with your business strategy and that has to stack up on both sides of the social and the financial equation. 
continually be unapologetic and work your model until you find what works in a way that honors both of those spaces. If you do these things, I can guarantee that doing good will be the competitive edge that your business has been missing. Thank you for taking the time to listen to both success and integrity with Bessie Graham. If you found what I shared today valuable, or you think that it would be good for a fellow business leader to listen to, then please share the episode with someone you know. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app of choice. The written review is important because it helps others learn more about what we're trying to achieve. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn, YouTube or Instagram just by searching Bessie Graham or you can go to BessieGraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham and remember... You don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life.